hard to find your IBS food triggers. Even when you've eliminated FODMAPs and identified a trigger during the reintroduction phase, it can be difficult to work out what that means for day-to-day -day life. Can you ever eat that food again? That's exactly what I'll cover in this episode of The Inside Knowledge. This episode is part of a mini-series where I cover each of the FODMAPs in turn, so you can either listen to them all or just the one that's most suited to you. You'll learn in each episode what foods fall into each FODMAP category, how to tackle the rest of that category once a food reaction has been identified, and when should you retest, and how to proceed day to day. Welcome to episode 27 about the FODMAP reintroduction challenges. This one's all about galacto-oligosaccharides, normally just called GOS for short. The easiest way to think of them is saccharide is just a sugar and we get monosaccharides like glucose or fructose. An oligosaccharide is a chain of 2 to 10 monosaccharides, could be the same one repeated or different monosaccharides stuck together. That is an oligosaccharide. And then a galacto refers to the way that that oligosaccharide was created by something called beta-galactosidase. So that is basically what galacto-oligosaccharide mean. Two main starches that we normally talk about with this GOS is raffinose and stachyose. And these make up so this is the actual starch that is measured when people are measuring how much galacto-oligosaccharide is in your FODMAP foods. When you think about what foods these are, it's mostly nuts and beans and pulses. These are the main groups to consider when you've had a reaction to GOS. The highest nuts for GOS are almonds and also hazelnuts, and you can only have about 10 nuts before they start flipping into a high FODMAP portion. With beans, it's a little bit more complicated. Generally, about one to two tablespoons is considered low FODMAP and okay, but when you get over that, some beans you can have a bit more of and won't be causing you to be high FODMAP, and some beans it's a bit less. Like, for example, pinto beans, you can have only one and a half tablespoons of beans before they become high FODMAP portion and this is per meal. You also want to think as I've said in the other episodes in this mini series about FODMAP reintroductions that you don't stack these lots of little moderate or mini low FODMAP portions together to create a high FODMAP meal. By contrast chickpeas when they are tinned and rinsed you can have up to 80 grams before they become a high FODMAP meal. And cannellini beans is 89 grams, it turns it into a moderate portion. So this is a really good portion of beans. Thing else to really highlight to you here is the difference in what happens if you have a tinned portion of beans compared to a portion of beans or lentils dried. When they have been sitting in the tin, they're in water and some of the FODMAP content is leaching into the water. If you get your beans and as you take them out, you drain all the water away, rinse them under the tap, that is gonna lower the FODMAP content of those foods. So it's always worth doing if you're sensitive to GOSS as a FODMAP. Now, I'm gonna go through some of those beans to be a bit more specific now, so you can really judge which beans you can eat a bit more of by staying low FODMAP. I also wanted to say that it's really important to try and create low levels of FODMAP 
containing foods in your diet even during the restrictive phase so if you're going through the low FODMAP diet now and you're restricting all the high FODMAP foods you can still have small portions of these beans particularly butter beans borlotti beans chickpeas cannellini beans and lentils and so these are a little bit easier for you to digest particularly when they have been really well cooked and if they came from a tin and you rinse them so if I just go through all the different beans now, these are the portions at which they become moderate to high FODMAP. So pinto beans, less than 28 grams, which is one and a half tablespoons. Azuki beans, less than 40 grams, that's quarter of a cup. Black beans, less than 40 grams, quarter of a cup. Butter beans, less than 60 grams. Borlotti beans, less than 45 grams. And chickpeas, less than 80 grams. Cannellini beans, less than 89 grams. So that's quite good for beans in some portions. You can still increase your fibre, which is so helpful and so important when you are on the low FODMAP diet. Now lentils, there's a lot of different lentils. If you have the tinned brown lentils, then you can go up to 65 grams and that's still considered low FODMAP. With the poi, I don't know how you say it, pew lentils, <laughs> um, 30 grams is low and then 60 grams is high. So somewhere in between that is going to be moderate. I can't find the exact data, but if you stay under 30 grams, which is probably about two tablespoons again, that is okay. And then red lentils, 23 grams is low and 46 grams is moderate. So somewhere between 23 and 46, again, you'll probably be all right with a couple of tablespoons of red cooked lentils. The big problem normally with galacto-oligosaccharides is that humans don't have the right enzymes to break down these long chains of sugar. So remember I said oligosaccharides are chains of monosaccharides stuck together. We don't break them down very well, which means that these travel to the large intestine where they are rapidly fermented by gut microbes. The gut bacteria love them. Everyone has a different tolerance to all the FODMAPs and in some studies they've shown that some people can cope with around 12 grams of galacto-oligosaccharides per day but if you increase that up to 15 grams per day, it really increased the amount of gas. And that is due to bacterial fermentation. As they're making this, as with the other FODMAPs, bacteria creating short chain fatty acids and as a byproduct, they will create some gas. The bacterial fermentation of oligosaccharides also really increases the bacterial mass, which increases the amount of stool. So it basically gives you more poo because a lot of the poo is actually dead bacteria. So the fermentation of the food that we're eating, these beans and pulses and also nuts, will increase the amount of bulk and that can increase your need to want to go. So it's very good for people who have got constipation. The other reason that short chain fatty acids are so important is that they lower the pH of our gut. So a more acidic large intestine is a better place for friendly bacteria that we want more of, like lactobacilli and bifidobacteria. And these also suppress bad bacteria. So bad bacteria don't tend to want to grow in an acidic environment. And so that's why we want to create more short chain fatty acids and make the large intestine more acidic. If you have had a reaction to beans or nuts when you've tried them, is there a way you can still include these smaller portions of some of the foods at a low FODMAP level or potentially only eat them on alternate days instead of every day?
Because this is more of a large intestine issue with gas production, you may find having them once or twice a week is really fine, but if you were to eat high GOS containing foods every day, you may need a little bit of time to adjust to it, as like I said, it increases your stool bulk, it potentially increases the water content, and it will definitely increase the amount of gas you're producing. So depending on what your big issues are with IBS, you may find it's better to have them more sporadically rather than on recurrent days. But I do suggest just adding two tablespoons of beans or lentils, maybe to a curry, maybe just into a salad, to help you train your gut microbes to better digest galacto-oligosaccharides. There, I hope that's been helpful. I will end this session there. Stay tuned for the rest of the series.